Hey everyone, you are listening to the official podcast of the Evangelical Free Church of Ken, where our mission is to glorify God, helping each other become mature disciples of Christ as we worship, grow, serve, and reach. Bibles and uh, open up to Matthew 24. All right, random question for you. How many of you, you can just raise your hand for this, okay, at some given time have complained about the unpredictability of Midwest weather? (laughs) There's a resounding chuckle, see? I, I figured that would be the response. And there's really only one factor that tends to be predictable, and that is that it is often unpredictable, right? We make jokes about that. And while we can often joke about the weather or bemoan it, over time, we kind of come to expect even the unexpectable. We just aren't surprised when it happens. And then, out of nowhere... Something like a disaster hits. Tornadoes, fires, lack of rain, floods, hurricanes, earthquakes, pestilence. All across the world. Year after year, through history, these natural disasters have become almost normal to hear about. So how do we respond to this? Is this just the natural way of nature? Is this a sign of the end? What should we long for? These are all questions we're going to encounter today. And I want to begin by just reading a couple of verses in Matthew 24. Really starting in verse 7. Um, This carries over from last Week as we've been talking about last days and where Jesus uh, is answering his questions from his disciples here. And uh, last week we talked about uh, the expectation of wars, rumors of wars, and Jesus command to his disciples saying, do not be alarmed for the end is not yet. And then in verse 7 of Matthew 24, it says, For nation will rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom, and there will be famines and earthquakes in various places. All these are but the beginning. Everyone say beginning. The beginning of the birth pains. Now as we... Think about Matthew 24. I just want to come back to this reminder that I've I've talked about a couple of times, but I want you just to hang on to this. And that is the reminder that uh, if you read in various commentaries and studied Matthew 24 in great detail, you would find many varying views about what Jesus is actually referring to throughout Matthew 24. You have some people who believe that the whole of Matthew 24 is Jesus only talking about the destruction of the temple in 70 A.D. 
You have another group of people that sees Matthew 24 as speaking only about the seven year tribulation period that's taking place in Revelation 6 and is detailed even further. Now, through this series, what I am focusing in on is that uh, Jesus is teaching elements of both. And why do, why do I say that? The reason I say it is because, one, his disciples asked two specific questions. When will these things be, in verse 3, directly referring back to verses 1 and 2, where he spoke of the destruction of the temple. But then, secondly, what will be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age? So there's two-fold questions here. And furthermore, Jesus has a way of teaching throughout Scripture, where He not only brings specific application and prediction to the present day for His disciples right then and there, but also what is yet to come. And we see this even in our own world. We see wars, rumors of wars. We see earthquakes Famines, we see natural disasters, and so it's important for us to recognize that all of these things are going to be expected when sin is in the world until Jesus makes it right again. And so you can take Matthew 24 and you can study it and we can have a good discussion one way or another, okay? Rest in this. Your interpretation of the historical fulfillment of Matthew 24 is not how you are saved. Okay? So it's important we evaluate and study Scripture with that in mind and being able to discuss with each other and going, alright Lord, teach us what you will from the teachings of your Son. Help us to understand and grasp the depth of who you are and what you've called us to as your church. Any individual would argue that we have had all of these natural disasters throughout history, but why is this significant as we think about the last days and the anticipation of Christ's return and final redemption? I'm going to take you back to the beginning, and I'm going to walk you through why creation is involved in the last days. And the role that creation plays in the anticipation of Jesus coming. Because we don't often talk about this. And so the first thing we're going to end up seeing is that creation was created good. Everyone say good. Creation was created good. In Genesis 1 verse 31, it says, And God saw everything. Everyone say everything. He saw everything that he had made. And behold, it was what? Very good. And the word, the Hebrew word there for very means strength, power, or very. In other words, man, it was good in a strong way. It was mighty good. And that wasn't some sort of deceptive or sarcastic comment that God is identified as speaking. It was a truth 
that creation was created by a holy God and it was created good. Without any of this. Natural disasters. Without any of the struggle. Without any of the anguish. So, what happened? Creation was impacted by sin. Creation was impacted by sin. And we don't often speak about this church. We speak about the effect of sin on us as individuals. We speak about the effect of sin when it comes to our need for salvation. But we don't often stop and speak about the effect of sin on the world as we know it. Why? Because we become so accustomed to the world being broken that we often lose sight of this is not how it was created to be. In Genesis 3.17, this is after the fall of man where they sinned by eating of the fruit God had told them not to. And to Adam he said, because you have listened to the voice of your wife and have eaten of the tree of which I commanded you, you shall not eat of it. Cursed is the ground because of you. In pain, you shall eat of it all the days of your life. Thorns and thistles it shall bring forth for you, and you shall eat the plants of the field. Creation itself experiences the effects of sin. Where the ground itself is cursed. Any of you that are gardeners, every time you pull a weed, it should remind you of our sin. Because apart from our sin as mankind, you would not have to deal with weeds. There's even a case you can make from Genesis that apart from man's sin, you wouldn't even have to water the ground for things to grow. It just grew. Creation is impacted by sin. Now the third thing here as we look at biblically the role creation plays in the midst of this is really in Romans 8 and I want to encourage you to turn there because that's where a large portion of what we're going to look at today as we think about uh, earthquakes and famines, these being birth pains. This is a place in Scripture where the impact of creation and creation's role in anticipating redemption is laid out very clearly for us in the Word of God. <clears throat> Paul here is writing to the church in Rome and is encouraging them. And Romans 8 is really at the heart of Romans. And if you've never read all the way through Romans 8, that is your homework for this week. Read through start to finish of Romans 8. And you will have so much to note down and study and grow in. It is one of my favorite chapters in all of the Bible. Starting in verse 18, Paul writes this, For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed to us. For the creation, everyone say creation, the creation waits, how? With eager longing for the revealing of the sons of God. For the creation was subjected to futility, not willingly, but because of Him who subjected it in hope 
that the creation itself will be set free from its bondage to corruption and obtain the freedom of the glory of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation has been groaning together in the pains of childbirth until now. And not only creation, but we ourselves who have the first fruits of the Spirit groan inwardly as we wait eagerly for adoption as sons, the redemption of our bodies. For in this hope we were saved. Now hope that is seen is not hope. For who hopes for what he sees? But if we hope for what we do not see, we wait for it with patience. Birth pains are not death pains. Think about that for a moment. There's a significant difference in the long-term outcome between birth pain and death pain. Now, I fully make that statement recognizing that I am a man and I have not experienced the pain of childbirth. So some of you ladies may be going, well, it's easy for you to say there's no correlation between the two. But regardless of that, the outcome is significantly different. I'll never forget when Haley and I were expecting our oldest, Ariana. And the first time having a child, you're just anxious. Because you've never done this before. And so you have this whole time of kind of preparing and getting more anxious as you get closer And then the time comes and you have what's called Braxton Hicks contractions, right? And these Braxton Hicks contractions are just preparations for the woman's body to be ready for actual labor. Well, when you are new to that, Braxton Hicks, they seem real. And so I get a phone call at work. I don't know. I'm not sure about this. I mean, we're within two weeks here and this really hurts. This is really painful. All right, well, let's keep it on it. Let's time it. Let's see. You go through the whole process. Well, when we were, there was one day in particular, it got, it got really bad. And so we, we went to, went to the hospital to get her checked out. And (laughs) I'll never forget there was this older nurse there, super funny lady. And after they checked out, they go, oh, nope, she's not ready yet. And she looked at me and she said, she's much too happy. And I went, okay. And she said, you will know she will not be smiling when you need to bring her back. And it was about six hours later that it got a lot worse. And when I, I mean, bad enough, I, we had to get a wheelchair and help my wife into the hospital because it was so painful. And when we came back in, the nurse was smiling. She said, not happy. And we were blessed with our first. And I, the reason I will never forget that is because I thought in that moment, this is exactly how the church perceives all that takes place in creation in anticipation for Christ to come again. 
It's birth pains. But sometimes we see the Braxton Hicks contractions of the earth and we go, oh, it's got to be right now, right here, really, really soon. And maybe it is. And maybe it's not. And as we navigate that, we should anticipate that it's going to be painful and more painful and it's going to grow in painfulness. But we as the church know the long-term outcome. And it should cause us to anticipate and fixate on the joy that we know we will experience because of what Christ has done for us. So how do we process this in an application setting? What do we do now? Recognizing the effect of sin on creation. Recognizing these are birth pains, not death pains. As Jesus even tells, these earthquakes and famines, all these natural things are but the beginning of birth pains. And just before this where He says, All these things must take place, but the end is not yet. Don't be alarmed. I want to give you three specific points of application from this. First of all, remind each other of sin's effect on creation. We can easily lose sight of God's original call on mankind to steward His creation well. We can forget that. We often only focus in on our role as exercising dominion over creation. And we do so selfishly according to our sin. But we also believe in accordance with Psalm 19 that the heavens declare the glory of God and the sky above proclaims His handiwork. Day after day pours out speech and night to night reveals knowledge. There is no speech nor are there words whose voice is not heard. Do we acknowledge God's creation as God's creation or as our world? Do we treat God's creation with a respect that brings glory to God? Now, I am not advocating for this to become political in any way. Rather, I am challenging us as the church to think biblically about our use of and at times abuse of God's creation. Created by God. And creating mankind to enjoy what God has created and to work it and keep it in obedience to the Lord. Remind each other of sin's effect on the created world. And mourn with creation over that. Romans 8 says creation is groaning. And it's the same groaning, not just creation, but we ourselves. Longing for the return of Jesus. Secondly, wait eagerly and wait patiently. Look at verses 23 through 25 of Romans 8. We, not only creation, but we ourselves who have the first fruits of the Spirit grown inwardly as we wait, how? 
eagerly for adoption as sons, the redemption of our bodies. For in this hope we were saved. Now hope that is seen is not hope for who hopes for what he sees. But if we hope for what we do not see, we wait for it with patience. Patience is hard. But we should wait with anticipation, eagerly, in the same way (laughs) that when we neared that point of having our first child, I was so eager to meet this little girl that we had prayed for. We should wait with the same eagerness, even more so for the return of Jesus, where our hope is finalized and our salvation is finished eternally. Lastly, I want to challenge you to internalize Romans 8.18. One verse. And here's what it says. For I consider the sufferings of this present age are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed to us. It's not worth comparing. The glory that's going to be revealed in Jesus will outdo it so much so. Outdo all the suffering, all the pain, all the anguish, all the hurt, all the sin that you've experienced to a level that it doesn't even compare. And that's the hope we cling to in Jesus. No matter what we face in this last day, we find hope in Christ. And we anticipate eagerly and we wait patiently and we do so actively carrying out the mission he's called us to. Until he calls us home or he comes back and takes us to be with him. That's our mission, church. And until that day, creation will groan. We should expect continued natural disasters. Continue to expect the groaning and the childbearing pains the earth will produce. And every time it happens, we should mourn our sin. We should celebrate our redemption. And we should look even more eagerly to the hope that we have in Christ. Amen? I'm going to ask the worship team to come up and we are going to close with the song that we sang at the very beginning, Sea of Victory. It's a new song, but the chorus of that song reminds us that in Christ, we are going to see victory over these things. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for your grace. I pray that you would fix it, fix our eyes on you. Lord, help us to recognize and remind each other that our hope is secure. Lord, that we would be active as your people in caring for and stewarding well the earth you've placed us in. Father, that we would do so, not out of some selfish motivation, but because we see your glory revealed in creation. God, may we be active when we see disasters take place of coming alongside those affected, but then reminding each other this is not all there is. To not be hopeless, but hopeful because of what Christ has accomplished for us. We pray all of this in the powerful name of Jesus. Amen.
Hey everyone, thanks for taking the time to listen today. Every time we open God's Word together, our prayer is that the Spirit of God would convict, challenge, and cultivate the listener in a way that moves them from where they are towards where God wants them to be. And as part of this, we have staff and volunteers available to pray for and with you. We have multiple opportunities for further growth and care from birth all the way into adulthood. So if you're feeling pushed to dive deeper and you aren't sure where to begin, give us a call at 647-4278 or email us at office at cantonefree.com. If you're interested in more than just audio, you can find full video of this message and more along with additional resources at our website, cantonefc.com. Thanks again for listening. Know you are loved, and we pray God's blessing over you for 2021.